Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is awesome to be here. It seems like so long ago. We've had some challenges getting this podcast out, but God is never late. Listen, as long as it happens weekly, you know, sometimes that means like I got it early in the week on one week and late in the week on another, and it might feel like it's been a long time. We're going to make it happen. But we're doing it weekly. You know why? Because the Torah portions are weekly. And you know what else we do? I don't know if you guys realize this about our Torah portion podcast schedule, but the Torah portions start on Friday night, right? That's the actual schedule for them. This is true. And they go for that following week. We always do it, I say always, we normally do it on the Tuesday before that Friday. That way we get you ready to go for the Torah portion on that Shabbat so that you can, uh, you know, you can be ready, prepared, you know, prepped. And so... Thank you guys for listening as if this is your first time. Guess what? This is the last episode of season three. And so we are just so grateful and so thankful for those of you guys that have been listening faithfully to us. And then also to all of you who are just starting out. Guess what? This is a great time because we're ending the Torah here and then we're going to begin the Torah again next week. So like I said, it's a great time to jump in feet first with the Torah and get going. And so this evening begins the eighth great day. That's right. Also known as Simchat Torah, the joy of Torah. And so as you can imagine, here at Christians with Torah, we just absolutely love God's Word, His Torah. And so we are just so excited about this. We're going to have a big celebration tomorrow here at the church. We have uh, all the way from Pasadena, California at Harvest Rock Church, Pastor Che Ong. Uh, he is going to be uh, preaching uh, at tomorrow's service, so that'll be awesome. And it just so happens, guess what? He's Korean, and it's Nations Day. So, like, you know, we're all going to be dressed up yeah, in our I, Nations garments. I met garments. with him yesterday at a luncheon, and, he, and I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to tell everyone that you drove the farthest. That's <laughs> That'll work. He definitely uh, drove or flew the furthest. Who knows? Um, this is true. We'll have to ask him. And so... Uh, anyways, exciting times. If you want to reach out to me with questions or you need anything, my email address is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise.net, topraise.net. So ryan at topraise.net. I love your emails. I try to get back to every single person that emails us, um, but uh, sometimes I'm unsuccessful. But we just love hearing from you guys. We love your questions, your um, you know comments, your suggestions, all those kinds of things. So um Without further ado, we're going to jump into this week's tour portion. It is the last tour portion of the cycle, and it is the last chapters of Deuteronomy. And it is Vizot Habracha, which means, and this is the blessing. And it can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 33, starting in verse 1 and ending in chapter 34 and verse 12. Excellent. But before we go into... Deuteronomy chapters 33 and 34, I would like to remind our listeners, our sons and daughters of God, that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, 
is the actual last verse in the Song of Moses. So there's this great Song of Moses. And uh, I want to read to you Deuteronomy 32, 43. Here is the conclusion of this beautiful song. Check this out. Relevant for, relevant for today, everyone, and relevant for all you listening. It says this. Rejoice, O you nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. So once again, he will be merciful unto his land and to his people. It says right there in the very beginning, Rejoice, O you nations, with his people. So there's no enmity. Yeshua took the enmity away from the Jew and the Gentile. So it's time to rejoice with the Jewish people. It's time to rejoice in the land of Israel. Amen. Because uh, all the dirty deeds being done to Israel are going to come back on Israel's enemies. That's right. Anything set for the Jewish people or that country will turn on the other nations that are against them. So with that said, just keep that in mind. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people. So we do we rejoice with the Jewish people today. They're actually in a lockdown still. Uh, in the spring feast, they were in a lockdown, and now they're in a lockdown for the fall feasts. And I believe it's to the advantage of, of them because, you know, they don't have their rabbis. They got to turn to Hashem, the That's rock, right. the rock that saved them, yep, the rock absolutely. that gave them. So we're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 1 through 5. Moses blesses Israel, just those first five verses, and then we're going to get into the blessing of the tribes. That's right, and it begins, And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand. And they sat down at thy feet. Every one shall receive of thy words. Moses commanded us a law, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. And he was king in Jeshurun when the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together. Wow. So what did Moses do before his death? Oh, he blessed the children of Israel. Just like Jacob did. That's right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, bless yeah. you. <laughs> oh, bless that. you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm one of the tribes. I'm grafted in. Hallelujah. So basically, um, he blessed the children of Israel. And then what came from the Lord's right hand in Deuteronomy 33, verse 2? Well, uh, I think this is the fiery law or a fire of law. Now, you know, this is interesting. So teachings and instructions, the Torah... Right. And, and it also shows us what what sin is. Right. So who sits at the right hand of the father? But Yeshua. That's right? right. He is the right hand. And so we have here in John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So here we have an incredible scripture here. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And what word was that? Mm. It wasn't the Pauline epistles. No, I don't think it was. It, it, it wasn't any of that. It was the Torah. Ooh. The Torah. God took on flesh. He became a homo sapien. The very thing that he created, he became. Because we're made in the image of God. And we're going to be getting into all of that next week. And the Torah week. was written with the actual finger of God. With the finger of God. So we have this uh, order uh, of the tribes being blessed. We have, of course, begins with Reuben, Judah, Levi, 
Benjamin, Joseph, also attached to Joseph is Ephraim and Manasseh. We have, of course, Zebulun, Issachar, Gad, Dan, Naphtali, and then Asher. So there they are. And that's kind of interesting because here we have uh, the blessing of these tribes. Now, if you'll notice, there's 11. Somebody's missing. Bum, bum, bum. Is it Shimon? It is. That's right. It's the tribe of Simeon is not blessed by Moses. Now, something to point out as you look at the uh, different listings of the tribes in different situations and circumstances and, and settings, uh, even coming out of Egypt, even in giving their offerings, there was a certain order to the tribes. There's a birth order in Genesis. You also have something very interesting. I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, the tribe of Dan is not sealed in the 144,000, uh, which is very interesting uh, in the book of Revelation. We're not going to get into all that. But it is interesting to note that when the inheritance is given out, Dan is the first one to get an inheritance. So there's a lot of speculation and conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff going on. But, but you know, we're taking this literally. So Simeon is not mentioned. But if I go into Genesis 34, there's a, there's a storyline here. There's something that happened that's very interesting. Uh, and it's in regard to the tribe of Simeon or the son Simeon. And it's also worth noting that the geographically that the, the area that Simeon uh, took was part of the oh the greater area of Judah, right? So they were kind of like a little island That's interesting. inside of Judah's territory. That is interesting. So basically, you know, uh, Dina is raped, the, the, the sister, the daughter of Jacob. Uh, and of course, uh, she goes out there and... Uh, of course, uh, Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Heavite prince of the country, saw her. He took her and lay with her and defiled her. That's what it actually says. Uh, that actually means he humbled her. So he took her virginity. So this, this story plays out because it's in, the, what, the area of Shechem, which is today, what, the modern-day city of Nablus? Right. And, of course, Hamar is, of course, the, uh, the father. And... Uh, so these brothers conspired to say, hey, if all those men are circumcised in the city uh, among your community, you know, we'll make peace with you and we can intermarry and do all kinds of things. And there was a lot of shenanigans going on here. And then, of course, you know that Hamar and Shechem, uh, they had plans of their own with their elders that everything that Israel would have, they would have, they would get. Uh, don't have time to get into that, but check out Genesis chapter 34. But, you know, once these men were circumcised and they made an agreement that, hey, we're going to be circumcised and we're going to be in agreement with Israel and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to, what would you call it, uh, assimilate? Yeah. Assimilation, which is not good. Uh, you know, and of course what happens, um, they get mad. So Simeon and Levi are going to do some damage here. Uh, and what happened is, I was just reading this right here, it says that... Um, Verse 25, and it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamer and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dina out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. It was a form of revenge. Uh, they took their sheep and their oxen and their, and their donkeys and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. 
And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, Ye have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, Should he deal with our sister as with a harlot? Wow, this is a, a real issue here with, of course, Simeon and Levi. They took matters into their own hands. And, and, and so if we want to look at even what Jacob said uh, in his blessing to Simeon and Levi, it says Jacob gives his blessing uh, right here. And let's check it out. What, what does Jacob say in regards to this? Look, look at this. This is what Jacob says in regards to Simeon and Levi. So Moses didn't even bless Simeon. So check this out. It says in Genesis 49, verse 5, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. Wow. Or their swords are weapons of violence. O oh my soul, come not thou into their secret. Unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. They even hamstrung the animals, you know. And it's interesting because Yikes. here you have Levi, and I believe this is one of the reasons why the Levites were actually picked to do the sacrifices, uh, because of their, uh, I don't know, their upbringing or their their temperament, you know, uh, they are going to be able to use knives to slit the throats of the sacrificial animals and to skin them and all of that. And so uh, that would actually guide them into something that's more righteous and better than, of course, murder. Yeah, so channel yeah. that energy. For and, you know, if you think about your family right now, as you think about your family, you roll your eyes at me and think, oh, my gosh, I don't want to talk about my family. But we're talking about the family of God here. We're talking about the tribes. We're talking about all kinds of interesting things. But, of course, let's see here. In, uh, let's look at Genesis 49, verses 5 through 7. I think we already read that. Yeah, we did. We read that. So we read that. And, and once again, um, Jacob gives a blessing. But this is what he says in regards to those two sons. What do you think about that, Ryan? Well, I, I think that... Um Overall, we all have to make sure that what we do is a blessing to our future generations. Um, everybody has a legacy to to send forth into the future. And so um, you can think about the fact that you've been handed down things from your family, and they may be good things or bad things, but ultimately the choice is left up to each one of us to decide what is it that we're going to leave as a legacy for our children and our children's children, you know? You know, and that's interesting, you know, because if you think about it, Reuben was the firstborn, and he slept with his father's concubines. Yeah. He compromised that situation. And then, of course, what do you have after Reuben? Simeon. Simeon. Yep. Simeon and Levi. And then Levi. Right. So those three, right away, man, it's not looking good, yeah. right? And then, of course, who comes along? Judah. Yeah. Judah comes along. Well, and Judah blows it, too, Fourth but Judah... Makes a repentant return, right? And so Judah approaches Joseph, and then and then ultimately Judah approaches Joseph exactly. But the point being that the reason that Judah, even though him having kind of a, a checkered past, as we read in the book of Genesis, uh, being such a prominent tribe, is because he does the ultimate thing. Everybody, everybody, everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But it is with a repentant heart that we return to him and we seek his face. And so Judah does that, whereas uh, maybe Simeon doesn't. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I know we know Levi does because Levi ultimately becomes the tribe that even though they don't get an inheritance um, of land and things like that, they get to share in the inheritance of all of the tribes and get to serve all of their brothers and they get to serve the Lord and the Lord becomes their inheritance, you know? That's good. You know, it says right here um, in Deuteronomy 33, verse 7 in regards to Judah. And this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou a help to him from his enemies. Boy, is that not needed today, you know, Absolutely. as we look at that. So what was going to be sufficient for the tribe of Judah? His hands. hands yep. Okay. As we move along here, we get into, of course, uh, what tribe was going to teach the children of Israel the law? It was going to be the tribe of Levi. Levi, Deuteronomy 33, verse 10. What does that say to us? 33.10 says, They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. Wow. But it, does, it does talk about them, though. It says, uh, and, and of Levi, he said, Let thy Thummim and their Urim be with thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massa, and with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah. So, I mean, you know, God brings up, you know, the things that happened along this journey uh, as it pertains to each of the tribes, and then also specific things that it happens to do, like they're in charge of the Thummim, Thummim and the Urim. Well, the thing is, also remember that, you know, we have these, these tribes, these sons and one daughter, and of course we know that they had four mothers and one father. Now, in regards to Levi, I want to make this very clear, you know, Malachi is actually the last prophet that was written before the silence of what four to five hundred years of, of not hearing from a, a written prophet or anything like that or a prophet but in malachi chapter 2 verses 4 through 9 i find this very interesting and i think it's relevant even for today in regards to clergy or the priesthood check this out and you shall know that i have sent this commandment unto you that my covenant might be with levi saith the lord of hosts my covenant was with him of life and peace and i gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. See, teachings and instructions. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Wow, thus saith the Lord, you know. The Lord wills. The Lord wills. But verse 8 and 9, here's where we get a but in conjunction with. But you are departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as you have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. Oh, he's not happy, folks. Now, in regards to Malachi, keep in mind that John the Baptist was a Levite. And so, what was he sent to do? Prepare the way of the Lord, preach repentance, and do mikvahs. He was John the Immerser. Mm -hmm. So, really, theoretically, if you go back, he was the first Baptist. Yeah, that's right. He really was. And so, why do I share this with you? God took John the Baptist away from the Temple Mount, away from the priesthood, even though he was a priest— and had him preach repentance in mikvahs, uh, and you can find this in the Gospels. And so he was preparing the way of the Lord. Oh, and by the way, it's interesting that even Yeshua was mikvahed. 
You know, he, he did a mikvah right. for the sake of righteousness. So it wasn't because of sin or anything like that, but it's a ceremony. It's the ceremonial law to go into the water and come out. Uh, that's that's the ceremony, going in the water and coming out. How many of that doesn't hurt you? No, it doesn't hurt you. Some of you listening right now, maybe you need a bath. Unless you're a witch. When was the last time you took a bath or, or you even <laughs> went in the water? You know, and so once again, uh, this is something to consider. Levites were taught to do the teachings and instructions and to point out what sin was. And, and it's interesting, even today, you know, the, the clergy and spiritual leaders, pastors, apostles, deacons, elders, they should all serve the Lord to the capacity of that. You should be able to go to these people in leadership that are spiritual leaders and get help yeah. and get encouragement. Absolutely. Okay? And that it will, it will save your soul. You know, it's for your benefit that you don't mistreat the spiritual leaders. You know, yeah, are there some bad spiritual leaders? Sure. There's good cops and bad cops. I mean, yeah. it happens. You know, there's a bad apple in the bunch or, or, or someone makes a bad decision or something. But I'll tell you this much, though. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't do it. Don't think all televangelists are, are bad. Don't think all, you know, pastors are, are just, you know, got three houses and two boats and a, and a, and a plane and all these things, you know, because here's the thing. The clergy is here to help you, to pray for you, to believe for you. And, uh, and if you're not getting it at the church that you're at, you need to find a new church because, you know, myself being a pastor, I'm like a coach, a cheerleader. I'm here to serve the people. I'm here to serve them. I'm not here to expose their nakedness. I'm not here to embarrass them or, you know, uh, I'm a person that you can confide in and get help and everything. So I, I honor that role, and I always have, and I always will. But once again, this is so important that we understand all of this. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's, there's a prophecy that says uh, that uh, I guess it's I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to go back to Genesis and what Jacob. What did Jacob say about Levi? Do you know? Do you remember Ryan? He's, there was an interesting prophecy I think in in Genesis in the prophecy regarding Levi. It's going to be what 49. I'm just trying to think here. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's actually in the. Uh, well, they would be scattered among Israel is one of the prophecies. Uh, there it is right there. It's in verse 7. Jacob said in, in Genesis 49, 7 in regards to Levi, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So all over the world we're seeing people teaching Torah. As a matter of fact, God wants a nation of priests. He wants all of us to teach the Torah, you know. Joshua got all bent out of shape over these guys that were prophesying and weren't part of the group. And what did Moses say? Man, I wish all of Israel would prophesy. Oh, yeah. What does that mean to prophesy? It means to speak the very oracles of God, you know. And, and so any thoughts on that, Ryan, before we get into the, the, the tribe of Yosef? Uh, no, I'm ready to jump into Joseph. Okay, check out Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 13 through 17. Ryan's going to read. This is one of the largest of the blessings, the most... The, the longest blessing out of all the tribes is given to Yosef, Joseph, uh, Deuteronomy 33, verses 13 through 17. Let's check it out. And th that's actually true of both the blessings of Jacob and the blessing of Moses, which wow. is pretty cool. And so it says, uh, starting in verse 13 of chapter 33 in Deuteronomy, And of Joseph he said, Blessed of the Lord be his lamb for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that couch, uh, coucheth beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things put forth by the moon, and for the chief things of the ancient mountains, and for the precious things of the lasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth, and fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush. 
Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim and they are the thousands of Manasseh. You know what I love about this blessing? It's incredible. It is incredible. It's all encompassing. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's awesome. I love what it says here. It says, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. But it goes on to say here, well, before that, it just it says, his glory is like the first thing of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. So I the mean, house of Joseph is all throughout the earth. Now what's happening? God requires 6,000 miles away. People are coming out of the nations that are not Jewish. You know, in, in the reference of, of this, of, of like a bull, there's two horns. One horn's Ephraim, one horn is Manasseh. Mm. So, mm, mm. Eat, eat more chicken. <laughs> so they are the 10,000s of Ephraim and they are the thousands of Manasseh. I mean, that that's incredible, Ryan, what, what this prophecy is, you know. Uh, and by the way, you can go back and even study this out. There's prophecies about basically Joseph and Judah or Ephraim and Judah. So when you think of Ephraim, you got to think of these nations that people are coming out of that they're not Jewish, well, but they're drawn to the things that are Jewish. They're, they're, they're drawn to the Jewish people. They're drawn to Israel. Right. And we could see this, this two house thing actually happening, you know, uh, these prophecies, you know, I've. I've sat with some great theologians and even pastors and some of my friends, and I ask them about some of these prophecies about, you know, Ephraim and Judah, and they just look at me like a deer in headlights. Well, they're like, like, I don't know. They're like, huh? I don't know. Huh? I, I, one, one pastor friend said to me, I'm going to have to look into that. I said, yeah. I wish you would. Yeah. Get back with me. You know, we were just in chapter 49 talking about the blessing over Simeon, but there's the story in chapter 48 where, you know, Jacob crosses his hands over Ephraim and Manasseh. And it says this that goes right along with that same blessing about the ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. It says here in verse 19 of chapter 48 of Genesis, it says uh, that he shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And so that's, again, pushing to the Fullness ends of the, earth, of the Gentiles, scattering across, you know, the earth. All well, that's the, you're talking about Jacob. Right. That's what. what, I, what yeah. yeah well, and then, of course, you're going to go into Romans. No, no, I'm going to stop. Remember when, when Paul says, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, which is a play on words from Genesis. Absolutely. When Ephraim would become a bunch of different ethnic groups. And isn't it funny that right now it's all about racism? Oh, man, it's so funny. Yeah. But there's so many different ethnic groups in God's kingdom. And they're all Ephraim. And they are. <laughs> and it's like, why do you fight each other? <clears throat> well, well, Yeshua in the Olivet Discourse, what did he say? He said there'll be nation against nation. Yeah. That's ethnic groups fighting each other. But we don't need to fight each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what else is, is interesting? You know, I find the Bible uh, very cool. And, you know, when, if, for those of you guys that are out there homeschooling, um, you know, we get the benefit of studying some things about the Bible that as it relates to science and as it relates to history that are pretty cool. One of those things being, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with my son and uh, he's telling me about how, hey, Dad, did you know that genetic scientists have said that Adam and Eve had to be middle brown? Because in order for all of the other colors to come out of them from their seed, that all of the, that they would have had to have been like a middle brown color, like a Middle Eastern color. And then check this out. So what, uh, what place in the Bible, or what place do they say that was the, what they call the, the cradle of civilization? 
Mesopotamia? Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent, the area crescent. in between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Well, what, what area is that biblically? It's Babylon. It's Babel. So where did God send out all of the civilizations from? Well, right here in Genesis, it says that he sent it out from Babel. So It is interesting. So all of these ethnic groups, all of these people that got scattered, they got scattered that time from Babel, obviously, but then... What did God do? He took Ephraim and Manasseh and he sowed them out, where it says that God will scatter, right? As we read these other prophecies and things throughout the Bible, that word scatter also means to sow, like sowing seed. And that's literally what happened. God sowed these uh, Ephraim and Manasseh out into the world. You know, uh, being involved in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement, or be considered Messianic, whatever you want to say, or Hebrew Costals, I find it interesting that the people I associate the most with are the ones that are kingdom-minded. Not denominationally-minded, no denominations, but like my friends or people I can have a conversation with, all these people are kingdom-minded. Right, and it's not even necessarily the people that we agree with on eschatology. Right, but they're kingdom-minded. doctrines, that, but, right. but kingdom-minded. We're they're splitting hairs and all this other stuff. Right, we're you know? focused on doing the work. Because right. here's the thing, the Hebrew roots gets real hung up on this verse and that verse and this doctrine and that doctrine and how to pronounce the name of God and what calendar and which holidays and what not holidays, right? Right. But what we should be doing is building the kingdom of God and focusing on bringing people into the kingdom and uniting and gathering people into the kingdom to do the work of God. And, you know, I want you to think about eschatology like this. You know, it's something you're pursuing, the promises of God. It's epigelia in the Greek. It means a divine assurance of good. So we've got to tap into the promises of God and this inheritance because it keeps us busy. It keeps us moving. It keeps us going. You know, that's why we confess a Beit Tehila Israel in Israel. Come on. We have a Beit Tehila Brandon, a Beit Tehila Iowa, but we would like to have a Beit Tehila Israel and, and, and have a presence over there in the land. And so once again, if you're pursuing your inheritance... You don't have time for doom and gloom and everything, you know, because you're, you're being proactive. You know, we could um, call it, since, since the area that we're hoping to end up in is in the province of Ephraim, we could just say Beit Tehila Ephraim, you know, because... Beit Tehila Israel, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Ephraim means doubly fruitful. You sure know? does. So, what, once again, the two tribes that are included in Joseph's blessing is Ephraim and Manasseh. But here's a good question. What was another name for Israel? Deuteronomy 33, verse 26. Another name for Israel is Jeshurun, which means upright. You know, that's like, that's the best hair day, okay? (laughs) Have you ever just had the best day in your life? That's Jeshurun. Yeah. There's no Murphy's Law. You didn't get up on the wrong side of the bed. I mean, you just brought your A game. Everything was just falling into place, just blessings. Everything fell into line. No difficulty, just ta-da, here I am, you know, gold star. You well, know? but why? Because Jeshurun means upright. So those things happen right. because Jeshurun is upright. Right, and so... But, but what happens? He waxes fat. Well, yeah, he gets fat, has prosperity, name it and claim it, and then gets in trouble. That's right. So the cool thing about Jeshurun is that it's also mentioned in Deuteronomy 32, verse 15, uh, and of course, um, verse 33. But Jeshurun is like the best. You know, when you think of, like, when you use the, the, the name Jacob, it's a supplanter, heel grabber, you know, kind of thing. Mm. But when you see the name Israel, it means prevailing prince, co-ruler with God. Right. You know, Yeshua made mention of this when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He wants you to be in his administration. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's got this belt on and he's, he's making another room. Yeah. He's wanting you to be in his, his entourage. He wants he wants you to be in his cabinet. You know, President Trump has had a big turnover in his cabinet, 
But one of the things that stands out that I've noticed is that the ones that are really diehard Christians or have morals uh, that really love the Lord and have a stand are staying with President Trump. Mm. Like Ben Carson, yep. uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, the vice president. Yep, you know, there was rumors that, that, you know, that, that he was going to be replaced by Nikki Haley or something oh. for this next election. But, but he stood the course and did a great job on the debate yesterday or this week. And so once again, we're seeing some really cool things here because everybody wants a blessing. You know, my, uh, my sons played soccer yesterday, you know, and they lost three to one. But, man, I just, I just told them how proud I was of them. And I, I got some good footage, you know, and, and uh, Nehemiah collided into the goalie. And he just loved looking back at that and say, man, I really took one, you know. And, and I was saying how proud I was. He got up, you know, and shook it off, but it, but it got his bell rung, you know. So, so once again, you know, we're in the battle. We're going to take some hits, you know, like soccer or get kicked in the shins. But, man, Ooh. you keep playing. You keep going, you know. And I, I watched this one guy, you know, he, he took some shots on goal, and he missed and missed. And finally he got a goal. You know, it was like his sixth or seventh time of coming down, facing that goalie, and he finally got one in, you know. There you go. And I want everyone to know that's listening to this podcast, you are a winner. You are a son or a daughter of God, and you're not a failure, you are a success. And uh, that's that's one of my sayings that, that I use to, to avoid this whole sinus thing and, and health issues is that I am a son of God, I, I am not a, a failure, I am a success. Uh, and you need to say that to yourself. You need to believe in yourself. So as we look at Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-nine, it says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. See, there's a lot of enemies, there's a lot of hearsay, a lot of uh, you know, speculation, conspiracy theory. There's just all this stuff going on out there. Accusations galore, uh, which could have some truth in it, but accusations, that's not how we establish things in the Bible. We establish things through witnesses. Uh, and so once again, happy art thou, O Israel. Amen. So you need to be happy listening to this and what joy there is, you know, that he's going to take care of your enemies. And of course, they shall be found liars unto thee. You know, they made a lot of charges against the, the president, President Trump only to find out they were all lies. Ooh. You know, I yeah. mean, we could go into the Russian collusion. Yeah. You know, they spent millions of dollars on this case. No Russian collusion. Yeah. And all these other things that were, were said of the president uh, to try to make him out to be a liar. Yeah. But they're, they're, they were lies. Yeah. And, and they come out. Yeah. And that's why, you know, uh, as we move forward, we need to avoid that kind of controversy. So we're going to jump right into Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. I would like Ryan to go ahead and we're going to read that whole chapter. It is the last chapter of Deuteronomy. It is. And we need to, to read that. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. It says here, and Moses went up from the mountain. I'm sorry. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo. To the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead and unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah, unto the uttermost sea, and the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over 
thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eyes were not, uh, his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, so the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew, face to face. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and in all that mighty and in all that mighty hand, and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Wow, so now we have Moses' death. So Moses was able to see the promised land before he died. And of course, we know that Moses died in the land of Moab. Of course, nobody knows where Moses is buried. Well, God himself buried him. Isn't yeah. that interesting? So the, 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 there's a dispute over the body, see, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Uh, Moses was 120 years old when he died. And of course, the children of Israel wept 30 days for Moses after his death. You know, Moses was considered a prophet. Christian actually asked me that the other day. My son, um, was Moses a prophet? And I'm like, well, of course. And he's like, well, but you know, he was more like the leader, right? He wasn't like the prophet. I said, yeah, but anybody that hears directly from the Lord and brings the message to the people is a prophet. You know, and it says right here, and Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. He was in good health. I mean, you know, it's almost as if, it's almost as if he's like Enoch, you know, and he gets, whoop, like, beam me up, Scotty. Almost. Yeah. I know it says that he dies. Well, you know, actually, Moses, doesn't he appear? He the does. Mount of transfiguration. And so Elijah and Moses, right, the law and the prophets show up with, with Yeshua on the Mount of Transfiguration. So... It just, because what happened to Elijah, right? Chariot action, you know. That's good. So I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, again, that's all complete speculation. You know, uh, in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened to him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. You know, for me personally, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, I have to say that in the Bible, uh, Moses is my my favorite leader. Mm. I've learned so much from Moses. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would go back and and you know just get upset with the people or something. And the Lord's like, intercede like Moses, intercede like Moses. Yeah. People would mess up. Moses would intercede. He'd fall on his face. Yeah. He wouldn't call him out. He wouldn't get all angry and upset and do all these crazy things. I mean, you know, he was told to to speak to the rock and he struck it and he he called the the, the, the people of Israel rebels. But I mean, really and truly, you know. Um, I think that's a bum deal that he had to go in the land. Uh, I, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again for any of you out there. Uh, I never saw a verse where God said that he could go into the promised land and lead them. I only found where he was the deliverer to bring them out of Egypt. Right. So I'm still kind of looking those scriptures over and, and think. I think he just assumed he would be the one. Well, we've all been set up for disappointment because of uh, unmet expectations, right? But how, how many of us put those expectations 
or we, we have those expectations inside. Maybe sometimes we don't even realize we have the expectation, but we don't communicate it. And so we never get to confirm whether or not it's going to happen. You know, you know, as we, as we close out this book, you know, there's a transfer of leadership here from, of course, uh, from Moses to Joshua. And I tell you, I can really relate to that. Uh, when my, my father-in-law asked to ordain me in April of 2002, and of course he got cancer in the summer, and it all came to pass, you know, that he, he passed away November 17th, 2002. There's an anniversary coming up here next month. Uh, I'll be here 18 years since those, those times that year. Um, and boy, it's gone by really fast. I mean, 18 years, that's quite, that's quite a number of years to be a senior pastor. Sure is. So the cool thing is, like I said, you know, when, when he got this property all set up and he didn't preach one message from the pulpit, he got it all ready and handed me the keys, you know. And, and one of the burdens that I kind of carried was that, hey, you know, we're in the modular, but he really wanted to fulfill the vision uh, and teach the Bible through the arts. So we need to stay there at sound and lighting and have a nice sanctuary that we can do the feast days in and everything. And so that burden was put on me. So we started the building fund. And boy, I tell you what, exciting things are happening at Bay Tehillah. We have a beautiful sanctuary. We, we, we use the arts to, to, you know, to teach the Bible and everything and do dramas and presentations. And, and, and I think it's the times we're living in. It's so important. But uh, I just want to remind everyone uh, in closing here in, in Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance, uh, that there are five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. The words remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant, covenant. So this book is broken up into four parts. Once again, in closing, uh, we have remembrances of the past in chapters one through four. Once again, part one is remembrances of the past chapters one through four. As we go into uh, part two, commandments for the present, it's actually chapter four and verse 44, all the way through chapter 26, commandments for the present. As we go into the third part of this book, we have options affecting the future, chapters 27 through 30. And then last but not least, the fourth part of this book is the parting words of Moses. And that's where we're at today as we close out this incredible season three, chapters 31 through 34 in Deuteronomy. Oh, how powerful it is. You know, I, I believe the, the book of Deuteronomy is quoted more than any other. By Yeshua, yeah. Yeah, by Yeshua in the, in the Gospels. So, so Ryan, what, what do you have for us uh, as far as uh, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Vizat Habracha, the blessing, Deuteronomy's chapter 33 and 34. What do, you, what do you get? What two lessons would you like to share? I've got, I got a couple things. Um, the first one was uh, that we should be a blessing. Uh, what you'll find here is that Moses is speaking these blessings over uh, these, the tribes and these groups of people um, because he's their leader. And you lead somebody out there, right? Be a blessing to the people that you lead. Speak over them. Speak life over them. Um, you know, pray and receive from the Lord what he would have you bless them with and, and what things he would have you speak over them. Uh, because it's important. It can definitely uh, determine their future. And then uh, I would say the, the second thing, and this is kind of just more important. I want to read some verses from Malachi. Uh, Pastor Nick already read some verses from Malachi. But what's interesting is, in my Bible, and, and actually I want to say that probably in every Bible I've ever owned, um, you know, on paper, there is a, this page in there that says the New Testament, right? And so usually there'll be like a blank page in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there's at least something that says, you know, the New Testament. Mine says words of Christ in red. And so 
Right before that, um, the last few words of the book of Malachi, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, they say this, and I want to read them to you. It says, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, there's a lot of things wrapped up in this. Um, you know, the fathers, we could say the fathers are um, those that have held on to the Bible and, and kept it for us, which would be the Jewish people, that we should turn our hearts to the Jewish people and love them and bless them and thank them for what they've done and support them in any way that we can. We can also think of this as the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and how we should be turning our hearts back towards the the, the blessings and the things that uh, God promised them. And then we could also say um, that this is the Torah, right? That we should be turning ourselves back to Moses and how uh, he, he gave us these commands. And that goes right along with remember the law of Moses. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that these are the last... Why, why do we want to remember? What happens if we don't? Then then we get fat and he... Does oh, he strikes, smites the earth with a curse, right? Oh. But check this out. But what's it saying? Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3, you'll bring to mind the blessings and, and the, the curses. Wow. Right? In the place where I've scattered you. So check this out. It says there's no coincidence that God is telling us in the last words before we start the New Testament that our tendency, once we, co- once we move forward from this place, is to forget the law of Moses that he commanded for all Israel. And if it's all Israel, that means it includes us. Um, and so... Pastor Nick's going to do a song, and before he does that, I'm going to read the last few verses in Deuteronomy, and I'm going to read the first few verses in Genesis. Oh, that's right, because we have to do the— Because uh, it's Simchat Torah, and the Pharisee in me is twitching. The modern-day Pharisees, the church of the modern-day Pharisees. Gotcha. Let's do it. All right, so it says here, uh, starting in verse 10 of chapter 34, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand and in all that great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. All right, and now we go and it begins. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Wow. Wow. So as we close out the book of Deuteronomy, as we close out each of the five books that make up the Torah, we have a little saying that we do among the Jewish people. They say, Hazak, Hazak, Vanish, Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is a song by Joel Chernoff from Lamb. This is a uh, Messianic Jew who believes in Jesus. And this song is called As the Mountains. So I want to remind all of you, as the mountains around Jerusalem... The Lord is all around his people.
the mountains are around Jerusalem The Lord is all around His people As the mountains are around Jerusalem The Lord is all around His people From this time forth And forevermore The Lord is all around His people Like Mount Zion in the midst Of Jerusalem We cannot be moved We cannot be moved Like Mount Zion in the midst of Jerusalem We cannot be moved We cannot be moved From this time forth And forevermore The Lord is all around His people From this time forth and forevermore The Lord is all around His people The Lord is all around His people Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll tell you what. What an awesome season it's been studying the Torah with you guys. We're just so grateful. Uh, we will be back next week starting another Torah portion season, uh, and so I hope you guys will join us as we continue to dig deeper and deeper into God's Word. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you, and shalom. Shalom.